You are in for a real special treat. Throughout this series, you got to hear from Pastor Jamie uh, two weeks ago. You got to hear from myself last week. And this weekend, you get to hear from our brand new Crowley lead pastor, Pastor JJ Ace. And so, hey, listen, I want you to give some love to Pastor JJ as he brings part three of the Family Survival Guide. Y'all give it up for him. Welcome to our third installment of the Family Survival Guide. My name is JJ Ace and together with my wife Esther, we have the absolute privilege of leading our Crowley campus. I have four children. Three of them are girls aged 10, 6 and 5 and our last born is a boy. He's three years old and I love being a dad. I love learning from my experience of working with my children on how God works with us and a whole new world opened up to me the day that I realized that um, my experience with my children is literally a learning curve for helping me to understand how much God loves me and how He interacts with me and how He wants me to interact with Him back. And so um, how many of you are thankful that God is our Father? Imagine if Jesus taught the disciples to pray like this. Um, our boss uh, upstairs, uh, the big man, uh, Mr. is your name. And from there on went to talk about how we need to relate to God as our boss. I am so thankful that God revealed himself to us as a father because the context of that a father creates is the context of family and family is safe. In family, there's no need for performance. In family, there's room for mistakes. And in family, there is unconditional love no matter how many times we mess up. I'm thankful that he's our father and even though he needs to be obeyed, the setting is entirely different with him as our father. Don't you agree? Amen. I want to see you guys commenting in the box below. Uh, the more you interact with the service, when you agree on something and you interact on that point, that point becomes part of you and you make it your own. And that way the word of God can transform you. So throw those like buttons, throw, throw us those amen so that we can see uh, you guys are involved and you guys are agreeing and stepping into the word with us here today. The title of my message today is Reaching the Heart. And I believe God wants to reach our hearts. God desires to be in a relationship with each and every one of us. And He fights for our hearts. I am thankful that He reaches out to us first. And our love to Him is a response of love. We don't have to initiate love with God. And each one of these little points is something that helps us to know how we ought to relate to our children. God wants us to initiate love with our children. He wants us to reach out to our children and try and connect with their hearts. And because He does it, He wants us to do it. And that's why I feel that we need to talk today about how do we reach our children's hearts. But let's first quickly recap the last two weeks of sermons because, man, there were so many good things in them. Proverbs 20, 24 verse 3 uh, is our theme verse and it says the following. It takes wisdom to have a good family and it takes understanding to make it strong. Proverbs is telling us that we need to have knowledge about what we need to do, but we also need wisdom on how to apply that knowledge. And I was so impressed by the two previous sermons because in, in, in Pastor Jamie's sermon, he spoke about the why. He spoke about the priority and the purpose and the price that we need to pay as parents because it's worth it. And Pastor Josh handled the different seasons and spoke about just what we need to do as 
apparent to children that grow through different phases of life and how we need to interact with them differently throughout each of those eight phases to reach their hearts effectively. And so today I want to build on that a little by talking a lot more about the, the how. How do I interact with my kids? How do I make that heart connection so that they will allow me on the inside of their hearts a place from where I can lead them, from where I can instruct them, from where I can just have fun with them and love them, but also from where I can discipline them and correct them if need be. Psalm 139 reveals something about God's heart towards us that we just have to see. I want to read verse 1 to 3. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with my ways. I feel safe in an environment where I know God pays so close attention to my life that he knows my ways. He perceives my thoughts. He knows my needs. We, way even before I often realized what I need, God is already preparing to meet those needs. And so I can just walk into that provision. That is how awesome a father he is. And let me tell you, parents, the key to you reaching your child's heart is for you to have the same heart of God. I believe that to be a relentless interest in our children. God is so interested in the details of our lives. He is willing to walk with us in detail through every single thing that we go through. And he wants us to have that same heart. And I tell you this, if you'll have that heart with your children, if you're relentlessly interested in who they are becoming, how they are developing, understanding their ways, God will open up to you a way to disciple your kids and to lead them that you could have never imagined. Now, God created each and every one of us differently, and He interacts with each and every one of us based on how He created us. Now, He knows us the best because, one, He created us, but also because He stays so intimately involved in us. And that's why, as parents, it's so important for us to remain involved in our kids and to often just take a little stand back and look how are they responding to what i'm saying right now how are they processing are they just verbalizing everything as they're processing or are they sitting quietly thinking and you're not even realizing that they're listening to you see each child is created different and therefore if you want to reach each of your children you're going to need to be interested in familiarizing yourself with their particular ways. But if you do it, great promise of connection remains for you. I highly recommend a particular resource that can help you guys get to know your children much better than just by normally interacting with them. It's called Growing Kids with Character. It's a book you can buy. It helps you understand how God has designed your children specifically so that you can learn how to connect with them as individuals, not just as the children. Now, have you found maybe that you connect more naturally with one of your kids and then with another one of your kids? It's like there's a little distance. It's like a little harder for you to connect. That's absolutely normal because God has created you and them 
in particular ways and sometimes those things speak naturally to each other and other times we need to make more effort to make sure that we cross that bridge of connection into connecting with our kids hearts and the world talks about temperament styles or personality styles and these are very important to realize because your child was born with a personality style He's not a blank slate. God designed him as an individual and they're going to grow into who they've been designed and created and you're going to have to discover who they are so that over time you can learn how does my personality best understand, connect, relate to different personalities that my kids might find themselves in. And so Proverbs 22 verse 6 says like we've heard, train up a child in the way that he should go and even when he's old he will not depart from it now you might ask how can i have the confidence that i am doing this how do i know that i'm doing this and i'm doing it right i want to go for the rest of our sermon today and talk about a couple of confidence boosters that if you will do these things you can know that you will be living out proverbs 22 as well as you will be sensitive to each and every one of your children to make sure that you relentlessly pursue who they are and that you don't just relate to them according to what you are like, but that you take in consideration how God has designed them differently and how you need to respond to that to make that connection. So let's go, are you guys ready? If you're ready, give us some hearts, give us some likes, let's get into this. I'm gonna share with you now confidence booster number one. Here it is. Keep showing them who and how to love by loving God and by loving them. Let's delve into that a little. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says the following. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Your kids need to see you loving God. If they see you loving God as a priority, it will tell them that this is important. But if they see you love other things, love other things above God, they will see those things as important and they will start pursuing those things naturally because they want to be in contact with you. How awesome won't it be if you show them to prioritize the love of God in your life and have them join you in that? That is amazing. Isn't that what we all want? Well, the quickest way that you lose that is by prioritizing other things. We really show them what we love and care for and value for most by what we prioritize most. And so they need to see you love and pursue a relationship with God. And that might include practical things like coming to church and being a part of a spiritual family, but it also includes private moments where they see you taking the word of God, spending time with Jesus, praying and worshiping God. I wanna encourage you, if you keep on showing them who to love by loving God, they will join you eventually. The second thing is if you show them how to love God by you loving them, I'll tell you how this works. You see, each child is going to connect with you in a slightly different way. Now, if you, if you take in consideration what the child's design is and you relate to them in a particular way, that child grows up thinking that who they are and how they are is right. It's okay. It's good. 
I can connect with my father. I don't have to be somebody else to connect with my father. I can be validated. I can be loved by just being me. But if you try to force them to connect with you according to how you are, they're going to automatically try to step into a performance mentality, try to be somebody else because they're going to think who they are isn't, abs- isn't, isn't necessarily right. So in showing them how to love, we need to keep in mind who they are. We need to make sure that we're sensitive to their design. So I want to make a couple of descriptions here. Which one of these reflects who your child is. Let's see if you can find your child in these four descriptions. Now, there might be a little combination of one or two of them, but predominantly you're going to be able to see who your child is. And this, I believe, will help you just kickstart that understanding that I need to relate to this child, not from who I am, but according to how God has designed them. Is this your child maybe? Some kids are just very direct. They're strong, they're opinionated, and you know what? They like to challenge authority. This book I refer to refers to them as rose bushes. You know, they look all confident and beautiful, but if you get too close without being careful, you can get pricked. How many of you have children like that? They challenge you, they're sometimes just downright mean, and often our response to them based off of who we are could either be to cower to their response, or it could be, I'm going to show you who's boss and you crush that kid or you let them take over and you let them dominate you. Neither of those responses are good responses. Instead, if you actually realize that children who are rose bushes respond great, they respond well to logical explanation of cause and effect scenarios, you can create a win-win scenario for both of you. These kids hate losing. They like losing an argument and if they don't want to do something and you want them to do something, they interpret that as losing if they comply. But if you can set it up for them as to if you do this, then you and I are both going to win, they will comply much faster and you will have a lot more success in connecting with this child of yours. Hey, one of your, some of your kids might be like palm trees. You know, a big old palm tree that sways with the wind. You know, they kind of go, anything goes kind of kids. You know, they're just, they're just happy-go-lucky, life of the party. You know, sometimes just a, they're clowning their way through life. And, you know, they, they don't necessarily confront, but they're manipulative. They can wind you around their little finger and they can get themselves out of a lot of trouble by just clowning themselves out of it or making a joke or acting funny. And the problem with these kids is that as they do that, they get what they want instead of complying to what we would like from them. They, we would try to connect with them, but they're just, you know, out there doing their own thing. If you have a child like this, it's important for you to know that they respond well to consistency. You see, this child will test boundaries again and again and again to see if they're there again. And so you have to be consistent with these children to connect well with them they have to see that you're serious about what you're saying but they also have to see that there is an emotional connection between the two of you that if they comply if they respond well it builds that connection they love partnership so for you to talk about us and we hey we don't do this or hey 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 we do not act like that when we're in situations like this they respond well to that now imagine the connection you can have with a child if you don't have to constantly fuss at them for doing certain things but you understand who they are and where they're at 
And you can connect to them according to that and create win-win situations for the both of you. You see, both of these kids I just mentioned are kind of outspoken. They're kind of loud kids, you know, they're all over the show and it's hard to control them. The next two kids I'm going to talk about is probably more quiet kids. They'll respond better in one-on-one situations with you where you can build a relationship with the first two kids while everybody is around and they'll respond well to that. If you do not take time alone with these two kids that I'm going to talk about now, you might find yourself missing them. And they might not even say that you're missing them. You'll just, re- you'll just realize after a whole bunch of years that you don't really know this child and she doesn't really know you. And if it goes on too long, they might stop caring, not caring for knowing you. And so you need to take real notice of children who are like this maybe. Some kids are very sensitive and they're very perfectionistic. They like things a certain way and if it doesn't come that way, they might get, you know, they might get mad and they might get upset. The book I refer to refers to them as boxwood trees. You know those trees that you cut in a shape you know, and you can kind of keep them. You can, you can even make a bunny out of them in Easter or something like that, you know. A tree that can take a specific shape and the tree won't leave that shape. It'll have maybe little shoots and things that go somewhere, but when you trim them, they, they keep their general shape. These kids are organized. They like things a certain way, but they tend to be slower and they tend to kind of want a lot of details before they obey. And sometimes we can interpret that as, you know, them not wanting to, Listen to us. They're not caring about us. They're not them disrespecting us because they don't want to, you know, do what we tell them to do. It's important for us to know that these kids are actually natural obeyers. They just wanted to know exactly what they want, what they must do before they start doing it. And so it's not that they lack obedience. It's more that they lacked details and they didn't feel confident enough to start doing because they were afraid that if they did something without having all their knowledge that necessary, they might do something wrong and they don't want to disappoint you. These kids are very sensitive and you need to be careful to not come on them hard because if you come on them hard, they'll shut down. They'll shut down and they'll shut you out. Lastly, you might have a child who they just hate conflict. You know, they're like the peacekeepers. They, they're the ones who compromise very easily. You know, they'll go, okay, okay, I'll do this. Okay, okay, why, why, why don't we just do this? Because they don't want disharmony in the house. And these children are often, you know, hard to reach because they're very often on their own as well. They're content to just have one or two very special relationships uh, to whom they're quite open. But the minute they step into a group, you don't get much, you know, disclosure from them. And it's important for for a parent to understand that this type of kid needs most for you to go and sit down with them and be quiet and not, resp- not expect a response from them within the first minute that you're sitting with them. But first, just visit with them a little. First, just talk to them about how much you love and care for them and how important they are to you. And then ask them a question and quietly wait till they consider how can they respond to this question so that they don't break the harmony and that they still get to tell you what they want to tell you. These children will often surprise you on what they know and how much they have perceived around them because they are observers. These kids know exactly when you do not live according to what you say. And so it's important for you to debrief with them and ask them, is there something that I did today that didn't make sense to you? 
and tell them, and you don't have to worry, I won't get mad. You can talk to me honestly about how you feel. And when you spend enough time with that child regularly, you'll see them open up and blossom in front of you. And you'll, get, you'll be able to connect with them and get to know them and have that connection with them. So which one of these kids are yours? Do you have the rose bush or the palm tree? Or do you have the boxwood tree or the pine tree, which those little pine cones are closed until you spend enough time with them to see them open and reveal the little seeds or the nuggets that they have to reveal to you. Let me honor my dad for a moment and tell you a story. My dad was a man's man. He taught me to be a man. He instilled a self-confidence in me and I am so thankful for that. Like, I've never felt that I couldn't do anything and that is because my father always told me, you can do anything. He always used to tell me that you're amazing and he used to say that you're a freak of nature, there's, no, there's nobody like you. And I used to always enjoy him just building me up and lifting me up like that. I loved spending time with my dad. It was always so much fun to listen to how he would talk about, you know, what we're going to do with the house and how he's going to build this there and, you know, how he would go to this holiday at that time and, you know, what he's got planned for us. And those vision casting moments were the most special times between me and my father. And, and I remember them from like when I was very, very, very little. However, between the ages of 12 and 24, something happened that, may, that caused my father to lose me lost connection with me to the point where I completely shut him out of my life. And then after that, you know, my dad and I reconciled again and, and he gave his life to the Lord before he passed away in 07. He's with the Lord now and, and he's cheering me on. But what happened between the ages of 12 and 24 between me and my father? Well, it started with, I started being able to perform tasks for him. I became somebody that he could send to get stuff done. Because I was able, because I had such confidence, he could give me things that was far beyond what, an, what you would normally ask a kid of that age, and I would just go and do them. The problem was that I hated going away from my dad to go and do these things. And unfortunately, this became his pattern. Whenever I would step into his presence, he would send me out to go and do something, to go and take care of something. To the point where I started hating going to him because I feared always that it would just result in me getting work that I didn't like doing, but I would do it because I liked my, I loved my father and I wanted to obey him, but I started avoiding him. I started, you know, being shut down in my room or not, not wanting to come home and, you know, weekends I was always away. And so during a critical time where a father and son really needs to spend time with one another and a father gets to affirm, uh, you know, um, his child and their identity and, and, and tell them that they're becoming a man and, you know, help them to understand what it is to be a man. I just lost contact with my father entirely. And I think it would have helped if my father realized that I would have done anything for him and even more if I were able to be doing it with him. If he chose half of the things that he wanted me to do and he just did it with me, the other half of me doing without being with him would have been bearable. But I loved being with my father. I, loved, I hated breaking contact with him. But because that became a pattern, it, it brought a hurt into my heart that made me not want to be with my father and shut him out of my life to a point where I did not receive his input in my life. I did not receive his authority in my life. I rebelled against him and he hated it and I hated it. 
and it was just this big blow up. How can we prevent things like that to happen between our children? Well, if we're sensitive to who they are and if we understand how God has created them to be, we will approach them differently, each and every one, and make sure that we don't lose our connection with them as we go through the normal you know, things of life. Ephesians 6 verse 4 says the following, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training of the Lord. There's that verse that says, Proverbs 22, Bring a child up in the way that he should go. Each child has a destiny from God, no matter how he got conceived. They might not have been planned on earth, but they were purposed by heaven. And our job as parents um, is to unearth that plan and to shape our kids so that they can go and perform that duty that they have to the Lord. They can go and enact that plan that God had for their lives. So I wanna tell you parents, if you will have an experience, if your child will have an experience with you relationally that affirms who they are, that helps guide them to their calling in their lives, that shows them how to love God and who to love first and foremost, man, I'm telling you, those kids will follow you to the moon and back. And you'll be able to guide them and send them into their destiny. And you know what? Eventually, when God takes the first place of fatherhood in their lives, they will be able to build relationship with God because they will understand how a father reaches out to and how to respond back to a father. Isn't that neat? I think that's amazing. You see, our children learn to build a relationship with God, firstly, by learning how to build a relationship with us. Isn't that amazing? And it's daunting. Let's go to confidence booster number two. If you will do these things, you will be training your child. You will be connecting with your child and you'll be showing them the way which when they're old, they will not depart from it. The second one, confidence booster is show them what to obey and how to obey it. Deuteronomy 6 Verse 6 and 7 says, These commandments I give you today to impress on your hearts and then impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you go to school, when you go buy groceries, when you go on holiday, when you go to bed, when you get up in the morning. Essentially, just be talking about the Word of God whenever the opportunity presents itself. And if you find that no opportunity is presenting itself, it's our job as parents to show our kids that the Word of God is something that can be inserted into a conversation because of its importance. Why? Because we want to show them what to obey. So what role does the Word of God play in your life? Is it the standard against which you measure yourself? Do you relate whatever you do back to Scripture to make sure that you're in line with God's Word? See, everything we do as parents and the way we parent is simply an outflow of what is stored up in our own hearts. And that's why it's so important for us to store the Word of God in our own hearts. Our children need to see us taking the Word of God and making decisions based off of it. And then our children need to know that when they do something wrong, why is it wrong? You see, there's a small window in a child's life where um, do this because I say so is a relevant way of guiding them. But around about the ages of five, six, you'll find that your child wants to know why. Why is what they did wrong? Why do they need to do things a certain way? 
And the time expires for you to be saying, because I said so all of the time. Now, there are moments when you need to still say that. And in those moments, you still expect obedience. But you start a sliding scale of starting more and more to answer that question and explaining to them why. Why do we need to explain to our kids why? Because we do not want to merely control their behavior. We want to help them to build a self-governance inside. We want them to be able to learn how to make decisions based off of God's good word and guidance and the world's bad advice. And if you never tell them why, they never go through the exercise of deciding between whether to follow this advice or the word's advice. My one child asked why questions way before the others, but that's based on her personality and her temperament. And you'll find that some of your kids will never ask you why, but you need to go to them and ask them, hey, do you want to know why? And let me explain that to you then, because they also need to understand that, but they won't necessarily come out and just say, why? To show our kids how to obey God's word, we need to realize that disciplining them is first and foremost training, and then it is correction. Training and correction and repetition even before punishment becomes necessary. In fact, I believe you cannot correct something that you haven't instructed yet. So often we find ourselves in situations where we haven't had the opportunity to instruct a child on something and they do something that is obviously wrong and sometimes it even brings shame to us. We need to be so, so careful in those moments to not just react to that. We need to realize that, hey, I haven't actually spoken to my child about this and so right in this moment, I need to cover them and stop them but privately, I need to go and explain to them, hey, let's talk about what happened there because what you did wasn't right and here is why. Train them and then next time, if they do it wrong again, now it's time to correct them because you've already instructed it. And then only after there's like willful disobedience and you know they, they on purpose go and they do that again, is it time to consider a warning of punishment and then following punishment if they do not comply. But in showing our kids to obey, it is important to know that each child will hear differently and interpret differently our response. And so you've got to be careful if you're a rose bush yourself, how you bring correction to your boxwood child. A boxwood child automatically hears, I am wrong, I am insufficient, I didn't do enough, even before you open your mouth, just when you look at them with a look of, you know, I'm not satisfied with just what you just did. For them, that feels worse than what a hiding physically would even feel to a child that is also a rose bush. And so if you take that child who is sensitive and you just bring them to the bathroom and you give them a hiding, it could really hurt your relationship because we need to understand that the primary goal of correction is not punishment. It's reconciliation. It's protecting the relationship. It's bringing us back into harmony with one another and having that and, and retaining that connection. 
Another aspect of us making sure that we show our kids how to obey is if they see us admitting our mistakes. They need to see us admitting our mistakes to God and asking God for forgiveness. But here's the kicker. Are you ready for this? They need to experience you and I saying sorry to them. If you show that to your child, you show them how they need to do it to you. And eventually, you show them how they need to be doing that to God. See, in us showing them what to obey and how to obey, we're really training them up in the way that they need to go with God. Our latest experience is with our son. Let me show you how this one played out. He's three years old. He's a, he's a roche bush like I. And our temperament don't like losing. So if we have to give up an argument, we feel like we've lost. We hate losing. And the second thing is we hate losing contact with the people around us. So if you tell us, hey, let's go do this. I'm like, yes, let's do it because I want to be with you. And, you know, I agree with you. So let's go. Let's go and get it. But if you tell me to go and do something on my own, immediately I'm a little, oh, really? Okay. Now, of course, I'm an adult, so I can stomach that. But my three-year-old boy doesn't know how to deal with that. So we tell him, Gray, you need to go to the bathroom. Because, you know, he holds it because he doesn't want to lose contact with his company. So he will hold it and hold it and hold it. And at some point, he just can't anymore. And so, yeah, he has an accident and he wets himself. Man, we became so frustrated by him not listening to us telling him, dude, if you feel like you got to go, go. So it came to a point where I started threatening him with punishment because he wouldn't go. And it breaks my heart to say this, but not long after that, you know, if I would start talking to my son about something he did wrong, here's what he would do. And I'm embarrassed by this, and, and I'm going to tell you how we fixed it, okay? But this is true. Here's how, here's how he would respond. He would say, don't hit me. Don't hit me. <laughs> I would be like, oh, where's a hole that could put my head in? I don't want my son to respond like that to me. Who would want their children to just fear being, you know, and it wasn't like I would hit him all the time, but, you know, he would just respond like that. And it literally just, man, it killed me on the inside brought me to a place where I had to just think, how can we get this child to stop wetting his pants? So we started looking at who is this boy? What is his attributes? What does he do? How does he do it? Let's become familiar with his ways. Soon we realized that he is a rosebush. He hates going because he feels like he's losing contact with us. And second, he's, he's probably a rose palm because he, he's also always clowning. You get these combinations. He hates going away from us or away from the other kids that he's playing with. And secondly, when I tell him, go do this, and he says, no, I don't want to. And I start getting real with him and say, you better go do this now, boy. He feels like he's losing. So he walks off crying, going to the toilet and goes and does his business because I overpowered him. And I realized, man, how can we do this differently? So Esther and I started experimenting. It didn't take long. Man, the next time I wanted him to go, I asked him, hey, buddy, you want me to go toilet to the toilet with you? We had an immediate response. He was like, yes, let's go. So off he went running and I was running behind him 
And before I knew it, he was done. He did his business and he was out back with the other kids. And I thought, what just happened? <laughs> this was a major success. And you know what? We have yet to have another no from him since changing our approach to connecting with his heart and helping and training him in what he needs to do. If we can just make small adjustments like that, imagine the connection we can grow with our children. And you know what? Now, if I tell him, buddy, you need to go. I can't come with you, but you need to go. He actually complies because he realizes this is not the norm. The norm is dad goes with me and we go and we conquer and we win together. But if I have to go do this now, okay, I'll do it now. And that's how my my child's relationship completely changed. Now, if I start fussing with him, he doesn't grab his bum anymore. He just, he just listens very attentively, but he listens. So I trust that this example will just excite you about the possibility of getting confidence in your parenting, knowing that if you show them who and how to love and what and how to obey, that you can have a real connection with each and every one of your children and you have that opportunity to train them up in the way that they should go, each as an individual in the destiny and the calling that God has on their lives. God walks with us in a similar way. Ephesians 5 verse 25 says, He corrects us by the washing of the water through the Word. You know that speaks of the Holy Spirit's interaction in our lives and it speaks of the Word of God in our lives, the standard against which we measure ourselves. And the Holy Spirit is the one, the voice behind us saying, here's the path, walk therein when we go and, and cross a boundary that we shouldn't. The essence of, dis of discipline is, is to protect relationship not to take revenge. God is not out to get you. God wants to connect with your heart. See, God's heart is always reconciliation. And that's why, that's why our hearts with our children needs to be reconciliatory. If we correct them, it needs to be because we want them and us to be good. We want them and us to be fine. That's the way God walks with us. God wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants you to experience him as a father who is relentlessly interested in the details of your life and wants a relationship with you so that he can walk with you, so that he can guide you, he can train you, but that you also give him the place in your heart for, to allow his word and his spirit to correct you when you're not doing things right and to show you how to take the next step. You see, it's so difficult for you to be that kind of a parent to your children if you do not have a father-son, father-daughter relationship like that with your, with your heavenly father. So today I wanna to give you an invitation. God is reaching out his hands to you. Why don't you take his hands? He wants to be in a relationship with you. Say yes to it today, won't you? It's simple to say yes to God in a relationship with him. It's merely admitting that we cannot save ourselves and we do not know how to become good enough to be accepted by Him. So if you're willing and if you're ready to make that step, to take that step, I want you to pray this prayer after me and then we'll conclude. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we admit that we've missed it. Lord, we are not good enough to be accepted by you because of our own sin. And Father, we thank you today for the work that Jesus did on the cross, that he died for our sins, that he paid the penalty, he paid our price, so that we don't have to suffer, we don't have to die to pay for our own sin. 
Lord, we believe in you. We believe what you did. And Father, thank you that because of what your word says, we believe that today we can become your children. So Lord, we believe that Jesus is our Savior. Father, we accept him as the Lord of our lives. We thank you that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us today and helps us build the relationship with you as our Father. We thank you for that. And we praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen.